you can't know the light without the dark. You can't recognise those light, beautiful things on the one side without allowing the suffering to be just as important and just as worthy of your time and energy. That was Emma Fisher, and this is the Everything Spiritual Podcast. Welcome to episode 21. In this episode, we talk about the quest for balance, using muscle testing to connect to our inner wisdom and the energetic connection between kinesiology and kung fu. Let's get on with the show. Welcome to the Everything Spiritual Podcast, providing community, connection and empowerment around life and spirituality. I'm Cara. I'm Amy. And I'm Maida. Today, it's my pleasure to introduce Emma Fisher. Emma is a kinesiologist, mother and Tai Chi teacher in the Wushu style. She is passionate about the mind-body connection, releasing stress and restoring balance to the body, mind and spirit. Welcome, Emma. Thank you, Cara. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. So for somebody that's not really familiar with kinesiology... Yes, and there are lots of people not familiar with kinesiology. (laughs) It's like the classic question of my life. What is (laughs) Uh, kinesiology? I think one of the reasons why it's so difficult to explain is because it is so vast. Because it does allow you to access all of those different layers or files of someone's stress whether it's emotional or physical or biochemical or nutritional, it's about releasing stress and restoring balance. So um, muscle testing is yes. like the core tool, but not tool, but it's the way you find your information, right? Yeah, that's can, right. Can so you kind of navigate a session? Yeah. yeah. Can you kind of explain how the muscle testing works? Because that's Absolutely. something that a lot of people, I think. Yes. So muscle testing is essentially where we we put a very gentle pressure on a muscle when it's in its most contracted position. And our subconscious brain either allows us to hold that muscle in place against that light, gentle pressure, or it doesn't. So that gives us an indication as to whether there is, I guess, a subconscious stress on some level happening around whatever it is that we um, put forward as the question. So the easiest example and what I use with kids um, a lot is getting them to say, my name is, and so for me, it would be my name is Emma. And so you apply the gentle pressure and it would hold because my name is Emma. And then you get them to say, my name's Fred, and then it won't hold. Some people refer to it as being a lie detector. It's not about a lie, being a lie detector or, or anything. It's quite the opposite. It's actually all about helping you connect with your truth and understand if there's a stress or if there's something in the way, something blocking the way. And there's obviously an energetic aspect to the muscle monitoring as well. But, you know, there's a big, long, involved explanation about spindle cells and things and how that relates to the, you know, to the brainstem um, as far as holding a load reflex or not. Do you ever get people holding really firm because they don't want yeah. the answer to be no? <laughs> you do. How you does do. that work? How, does that, and, how do you deal you know, with that? And the lovely young men that I work with, they often fall into that trap initially um, until you just let them know that it's okay, there's no right or wrong. There's never a right or wrong. Um, and if anything, it's just more information, isn't it? You know, when we do notice ourselves holding on too tightly, that just gives us more information and more to work with. And so I love that and I'll bless that moment because it just allows you to help them see themselves um, and what they're trying to maybe force or control or um, hold on to. But that if it's coming up in a session, then it's obviously something they're ready to transform. So mm. let's say you identify the resistance or the block. What tools do you use? Shift it. When I first started, I found I was very protocol driven. I was holding on so tightly to everything I'd learned, you know, at school, at kinesiology school. 
the right ways to do things and what to do next. I loved kind of the security and the safety of having someone having told me what to do next um, to, you know, make it better or to help someone. But as the years have gone by, the more I've worked in clinic and the more I think I've trusted myself and the intuitive aspects of how I work and the more help I sort of ask for, I suppose, and guidance and intention work and setting that I do, the more open the session is. And sometimes it's just a matter of talking with that person and helping them connect with a bit of information and the shift happens within them themselves. Other times it needs a little gentle help and prodding. So I might use essential oils, flower essences, whether it's a chakra that we're working with or an acupressure point or even just a negative belief that you've got swimming around in your mind. Um, The essence just helps to transition you into a different um, state around that issue. As a practitioner, you just end up getting drawn to or encountering whatever it is that you're meant to work with. Would you say that's that's why it's such a broad field is because Mm. what practitioners will have that foundation of the muscle testing, they'll come to their own intuitive practice, which might incorporate so many things that one kinesiologist and another could be totally different in the way they're moving the energy and all that stuff. Exactly. And there's no right or wrong way to do it. One of the things I love about kinesiology is that it is an energy practice, basically. Like, you might have theories about muscle spindles or whatever, but I personally see it as energy work. And the fact that you're not telling people the information from somewhere that isn't themselves. Like the fact that the muscle testing is actually connecting into the own person's energy, their body, their wisdom, they get to feel that the muscle releases. Um, It's such a good way to reconnect them to the knowing is in themselves. It's it's really empowering. Empowerment is with them. And that's a beautiful point because as much as, you know, as the practitioner, you are facilitating and sort of guiding and shining the light a little and, and helping uh, hold the space for, for them and witnessing them. It is absolutely them making the connections that they need to make, having the insights they need to have. It must be a really um, mind-blowing experience for some people when you do the muscle testing and they feel like they can't hold it. I remember the first time I had kinesiology was about 15 years ago. And I was, I was literally blown away by the fact that my body had information that my brain didn't access. I didn't know that I knew or that my body on any level knew what it was doing. And I tried really hard to hold firm, which is why I asked you that question yes. at the start. Yeah. Um, and I could not do it. Yeah. I really couldn't do it. And it was literally mind-blowing for me. And it sort of opened up my perspective about the universe and how it works and what's possible and what I am capable of yeah. as a you know, multidimensional being, I guess. Um, so that you would blow a lot of people's minds. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. I think pe- some people shy away from it. Some people fear it. Some people embrace it. I know for myself, I felt like it was magic. Like I just thought, what? The- this is this is magic. So it's like there are levels in which we've talked about this before. There are levels at which you can hold two totally opposing beliefs, and so your mind's kind of connected to the logical belief of yes, I believe, you know, A or whatever. And then somewhere buried deep in your body is this little belief, which is belief B, which is counter to belief A. So it's like you you are aware of your belief of A, but B might be subterranean, you know, hidden. Mm. And accessing that through muscle testing and kinesiology, that's a real gift. And shifting the attention to be on that little B uh, to give it the energy to then grow that little B so that it can match the logic belief. That's the power, right? Like being able to transform that yourself power is the other thing i thought of when you were talking about you know wanting to hold that muscle and not believing in your own power you almost we we almost don't want to believe how big we can be or how powerful we are we we fear it for some reason we fear it don't we 
And so we toy with it a little bit and we have to just let it out a little bit and then come back in where it's like, you know, let it out a bit more and then yeah. we need to... Baby need steps to amazing power. Yeah, yeah. that's right. <laughs> I had a session with you a couple of weeks ago. It was probably a month ago now. Yeah. And it had been a long time since I'd had kinesiology. And yeah, I was just really blown away. It's so fast. My body was saying so much. It was like my mm. body was just saying all of this stuff and you were just listening to my body, what it was saying. It mm. was like this amazing experience. Mm. And that's what I felt from that was just this big sense of connection. Beautiful. And that's such a core value for me and also of this podcast. Mm. Um, But, yeah, it was like just connection, like a congruency in my energy. And I actually had the best sleep that night that I've had in so long, just from that feeling of... That sort of alignment within yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's one thing I love about the kinesiology is, I mean, you know, something like counselling is great because you get to explore and, and, you know, you get to sort of do it in what feels like a very paced way, come to these realisations and insights. There's certainly a place for it, of course, but with kinesiology I find that you can jump to the next level or to the next layer so instantly... And if, you know, you're doing it with the intention that it's all going to be safe and appropriate, nothing that the person isn't ready to deal with and transforms, you know, nothing they're not ready for will come up. It allows their soul to throw everything into the pot. And so often someone will come into work, say, on sleep, um, but instead will work on their relationship with their mother or, you know, an issue with their best friend or something, and it all kind of gets thrown in there. And these themes, of course, start to appear, but they can experience shifts in all these different ways, even though, you know, that little peanut mind that we have, that tiny little amount that is our conscious brain, doesn't have to be involved in it in a linear and logical way. It doesn't have to have a beginning, middle and end. <clears throat> I love that kinesiology kind of allows us to go into a different dimension with, with how we bring different aspects of ourselves together to heal. I've started using muscle testing myself. Um, I came across a video on YouTube and I, it just taught me how to do muscle testing and I started yeah. muscle testing it. And it's been a really great way to deepen my connection to my own intuition mm, nice. because often my mind will have ideas about things yeah. and my intuition will have a different idea about things. There was one time where I was walking with Kara and um, <laughs> I like I had a feeling like I had to put my prices up. I seem to talk about this a lot. It's an ongoing issue for me. Yeah. had to put my prices up and I used muscle testing to see how much they should be mm. and my mind hated the answer of how much the muscle <laughs> testing told me it should be yeah. um, and we were walking I remember with Kara and I'm like I'm testing I'm going like 65 75 80, and it was 80 it went from 65 to 85 dollars yeah. and I was walking on the street and I'm going no no <laughs> That's I don't want it and I kept testing and testing and testing and it was just really clear and I went with it and it was right and I've since had to increase them again um, but it was a really good way for me to cut through the bullshit of my mind and know that my inner being was communicating to me directly mm-hmm. clearly and strongly and when I followed it was it was the right thing yes but it helped me to cut through the crap yeah and it helped to allow that whatever that was for you whatever that belief was for you about I'm not worth that much my work's not at that value but it allowed that to rise up and be processed absolutely um, so it's actually nothing to do with the money is it it's just about how you feel about yourself and your worth in the world and that was ready to come up yeah and taking the action helped to create the shift yes. but it was the intuition and the muscle testing that allowed me to have the confidence to, to take the it. action without having to get my mind exactly on board to what I was doing absolutely that's really cool. You're very able to embrace your intuition. You're allowed to 
you allow yourself to see when there's a conflict between mind and you know intuition uh, but some people it can actually confuse you even more and more and more and more because you know you start to then doubt your muscle testing and then you start to want to, or, or you want to control the results too much so a lot of people don't have enough clarity in themselves and so you know that's something they can work on and we've all got the power to heal that but yeah it's interesting to hear some, some people love the self muscle testing and other people just can't just can't do it can't trust it yeah i guess you're right i think it's it's the trust in your own intuition and that opens the door for you to trust the muscle testing or else mm. if your mind if your intuition comes and your mind creates stories around it then the same thing would happen with the muscle testing wouldn't it that's right yeah because i mean the muscle testing it's not infallible yeah. you know and i i know that um certain practitioners you know use it for very clear kind of black and white results kind of that whole lie detector concept that people refer back to all the time whereas I kind of feel like well we're all dynamic beings and what is right for us one moment might not be right for us the next because we're you know nothing's meant to stay the same we're meant to sort of be evolving so as much as muscle testing is a great tool there is probably nothing greater than coming into that space within yourself that is your truth and it's it's knowing who you are and where you end and where the rest of the world begins I love that. It's like a tool is a helpful tool when it's flexible in a way. Like if you get too rigid with any of it, you know, any healing tool, any intuition tool, any spiritual tool, any rigidity kind of goes counter to the whole energy flow thing. Exactly. And I don't don't like telling my clients, oh, muscle testing said this. Like Mm. I, I would never allow a muscle test response to trump what that person felt, not just in their mind, but in their heart as well, was the right thing. So... It's just about letting that person identify for themselves and sort of holding the space for them to look into what that means for them because that's where it's most meaningful. That's one of our core values. That's one of the reasons we're doing this podcast is to empower people and help them to connect to themselves and help us to connect to ourselves. Yes. And I love everything you're saying. It yeah. just matches everything we're yeah. about. Cool. It's quite. <laughs> it sort of comes back to that everything's dynamic and you don't know what's going to come next. Like no. It's just going to unfold and unravel and... It's the best way to live. It's terrifying when you first start out and sometimes throughout the journey and stuff. But it, you know, it creates just this dynamism and possibility. Exactly. It creates possibility to be open. You're not trying to control it. The the reduced or the limited version of choices you have when you're trying to know what's going to happen next versus the who knows what's going to happen, infinite possibilities. The excitement that anything's possible. Yeah, Yeah. that's right. Yeah. That's the miraculous energy, isn't it? Which can be scary but wildly liberating. Mm. <laughs> now I'm really fascinated with Kung Fu mm. you do Kung Fu and to me that's yes. like tell us about Kung Fu, Kung Fu. <laughs> <laughs> most people would know Bruce Lee and Kung Fu from the movies and Kung Fu Panda that's Kung what Fu I always Panda, think that's, yeah. a, that's a great movie <laughs> I just think of that song Kung Fu I did um, Taekwondo as a kid and I think I was always interested in martial arts I'm not particularly interested in the self-defense aspect of it personally. I know that a lot of women do it so that they can feel safe and strong, and that's wonderful. For me, I think I've been more interested in it as almost an art form, as a way of connecting with my own energy and strength, I guess. So there's certainly an aspect of that there. Uh, So with Kung Fu, basically um, you work on particular drills of certain kicks and punches and you know um, defenses against kicks and punches and such things but you also do uh, various forms so that's where it's one movement after another and it kind of flows from beginning to end and I've just always enjoyed that so much because 
I don't know. It's just fun <laughs> and cool. <laughs> um, it would move your energy quite a bit, wouldn't it? It does, mm. yeah. So the kung fu is the very, I guess, it's the masculine, hard, action, quick, you know, fast version. And then through doing kung fu for a few years with um, the fabulous Master Lu of Chi Masters in Brunswick, he then suggested I start doing Tai Chi to complement the Kung Fu. And that was just incredible. I remember Master Lu saying to me, Tai Chi is much harder than Kung Fu to learn. He said it'll take at least 10 years for you to be able to do Tai Chi. Whereas Kung Fu, because it's quick and fast, you know, you can just kind of power and push through it. Whereas Tai Chi is very much about building the energy. It's about refining the technique and the balance and moving from one posture into another, not fast, but slow, which is a hell of a lot more challenging. It's just the most beautiful moving meditation. So sometimes I just don't, I just can't sit in a meditation. I can't get into that place through stillness, but I can just do some Tai Chi and feel cleansed. And, yeah, it's an amazing feeling. It's beautiful. And I've had the opportunity recently to start teaching the Tai Chi, which has been great. I mean, I'm not I'm not a master. I have been doing it for more than 10 years, like Master Lu um, had initially said. It would, it's how long it would take, but uh, I haven't quite mastered it. There are still days where I'm flopping around a bit or I'm not quite <laughs> getting into the posture and my breathing's completely out of whack. But that's okay. I just forgive myself with that. <laughs> Try again the next time. But it's been beautiful sharing it with other people. People just t- tend to love it. I love it. You love it? Well, yeah, I literally, like, I haven't done a lot, but I literally downloaded a Qigong DVD, mm, did it for about a month, and I noticed the most, I haven't done it in ages. I should get back to it. But mm. the changes in just, I felt like I was building this energy inside exactly. me. And it was just building and building, and there was this real steadiness and connection, and it was just it was so beautiful. Mm. It is mm. a discipline, though, isn't it? Like, well, yeah, like if you want to keep building it, yeah, it's sort of that thing of needing to do it every day. And I've had a bit of resistance, I think, around that, which I will work through whenever it's the right time. It can be quite intense. Yeah, I'm sure I'll go back to it because it's yeah. brilliant. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. There's cool. a couple of Qigong exercises that I do regularly, like most days, actually. But it's the fast Qigong, really? and it's just fantastic for clearing my energy, yeah. especially if I don't have time to exercise. Right. I'll just do five to ten minutes. <laughs> that's not much. Yes. But I feel completely different afterwards. Yes. Yeah. And that's empowering, right. isn't it? Being able mm. to... I've done that for years. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, you're inspiring me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <Me> too. <laughs> it's, you mentioned it's like balancing the energy, which is a bit like kinesiology, isn't it? It is. Yeah. I know. My whole life's obviously obsessed with balance. I think my soul experience this time around is absolutely about being able to recognize when I'm off balance, because of course I go off balance, because we all do, and being able to bring myself back in to the point where now. I'm so hypersensitive to when I am off balance or when something puts me off balance, like sometimes a cup of coffee or something will just do it, you know, that I I have to find a way to restore that balance or to move through whatever I need to move through or write some stuff down to get it out of my system a bit, whatever it is, to diffuse and and come back into what feels good. That's really cool because there is that thread through all those things. I was thinking earlier, what what is the thread between Mm. the... The Kung Fu, the Tai Chi, and the kinesiology, but that's it. It is, yeah. It's balance. It is. Yeah. And I've heard you mention living to the full spectrum of ourselves. Yeah, that's right. Is that connected? Absolutely, because, you know, if you think about 
I mean, walking a tightrope is probably scary for some people, so maybe I shouldn't use that analogy. But if you're walking that fine line and you consider that's my version of balance, sort of navigating myself to whatever this kind of line is as I move forward in my life. On the one hand, there is grief and suffering and all of those things that we label. We can't help but label as bad or negative. And on the other side, we have bliss and joy and um, empowerment and enlightenment and all of those beautiful things. You can't sort of know one without the other. So as much as I love the concept of balance and being centered and, and all of those beautiful things, you can't know the light without the dark. You can't recognize those light, beautiful things on the one side without allowing the suffering to be just as important and just as worthy of your time and energy. So, you know, in clinic, of course, you know, people touch on their traumas and their challenges and their obstacles, but I think there's something special about them having the space or the opportunity to really see them as valuable to let go of them, of course, if they're no longer serving them in a positive way um, or for their highest good, but to just see them as an important part of who they are and their identity and their sense of self. And through that suffering, you know, that's often when we do get to connect with others and with ourselves, so valuable part of life. Yeah, I think a big thing for me learning about learning about my version of balance was I always had this thing where I thought I had to feel the same all the time. I had to feel even. Yeah. I had to feel like good all the time. So anytime I dipped into this part of the cycle, which I started to realize later was a, cycle. a part of my balance. <laughs> so me in balance is honoring that entire cycle. And when I go down, that's a part of it. And then yeah. when I come back into feeling light and elated, that's also a part of it. But once I let go of this idea that it had to be a certain way all the time and that I had to be even and linear and, you know, that really just allowed this freedom and then suddenly I realized I was in balance that whole time. Mm, that's right. Yeah. Well, that's exactly right. It's part of the balance yeah. or the so, journey or whatever. Yeah, that concept of the wrongness, like there must be something wrong with me or something wrong with this, you know, the judgment that we make yeah. Yeah. Um, out of fear or panic or reaction to something that feels like it's out of our control or not good enough or, you know, it's all of those things. But that's just the opportunity to understand ourselves better, isn't it, mm. to, to be able to be curious about, oh, why do I feel so wrong? Why do I feel something wrong with me? Why am I feeling not good enough in that situation? And how can I shine the light on it and love it enough that it can transform? Have you got anything you can share with people about a time where you felt like you were either failing spectacularly or doing really badly that then turned into an insight to yourself or an opportunity to connect with yourself? Mm. The first thing that comes to mind, one of the most significant things, I suppose, was choosing to study kinesiology and choosing to make that big giant leap of faith into a whole new kind of aspect of myself. There was always that aspect of myself there, of course, but I was working in corporate and trying desperately to find a way to fit into that, to sort of squish myself into still earning the good money that you earn in corporate and, you know, doing what I guess I thought at the time was the right thing to do, keep working full time and try to save your money and follow the path that, you know, seems to be the right way to go. Um, but I just had such discomfort and resistance happening. You know, I remember I used to listen to Deepak Chopra on the way to work every day and on the way home every day. And it was just, there was something kind of desperate and an energy inside that just wanted to break free. And I started to feel so trapped in that day to day. And, and the people where I was working um, was a wonderful place. Really, they were doing their very best to make me happy and to find my place. And they just kept saying, what do you want to do? 
What do you want your title to be? You do anything. Just go over there and do some things. Or go over there and do some <laughs> Which was so supportive and so lovely. But I, I was failing at it. And I didn't like failing. It didn't feel good to be failing. Especially when I'd been handed the really the full responsibility for choosing what I was doing. So that felt really confronting. Now, of course, I can look back and see that you know, wasn't failing at all. It was just that on some level I knew that wasn't what I was meant to be doing. And so the universe was just very kindly letting me know that I wasn't actually going to be able to continue down that path and that it was time to really sit with myself long enough in a very truthful, open, honest way and bring awareness to what would feel good. And that was kinesiology and I didn't know how it was going to work. Ended up falling pregnant and that was a great way for me to say thank you and goodbye to corporate. I started studying um, with an eight-month-old baby. Threw myself into full-time study and we didn't have no money, nothing. You know, it was all this, all this stuff was sort of against us. But I did it anyway and obviously have been thrilled with that. And there have been huge challenges along the way, of course. Huge amount of personal growth had to happen in that first couple of years. Challenging beliefs within myself, having to go from, you know, what I enjoyed about science and evidence-based understanding of things into that completely esoteric there isn't necessarily a right or wrong answer nothing's black or white that and still is in some ways you know part of my rebalancing myself I had to keep rebalancing myself to that sort of thing all the time um, and keep opening myself to trusting and to knowing in a way that doesn't involve proof or justifying myself to other people or explaining everything to the nth degree or it's, it's been comfortable with the fact that there's going to be some different opinions out there and that that's okay. I'm okay. This is my opinion. I feel good about my opinion now, so I can let them have their opinion and it's okay. I love that. And it's similar like to Maida's early trajectory change, like you were heading into corporate and then... Right. Yeah. And we all have masks, don't we? And things that we try out, costumes we try on in life. Um, but if I think about my childhood and my early life and how people and engaging with people and being there in it with people was such a dry natural driving force and instinct in me even with the corporate work you know the people person or whatever it's funny that I didn't just go straight into this what on earth held me <laughs> we back. often take a meandering route to becoming a practitioner <laughs> yeah. of, you know energy yeah, it would have been for for your own healing and development and yeah, growth yeah. and all those things, all yeah. serving you perfectly. And there's absolutely, <laughs> there's no regret. It's just um, when you can have that power of retrospect and, and something seems so startlingly obvious on the other side of it, you wonder what information, what guidance system was I using? You know, what information was I using to make my choices in my life? It's probably a movement from mind to intuition, really. Yeah, mm. mind to heart. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, we do bounce between those quite a bit, don't we, in different phases of our life? Different days. Different <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Talk to me in half an hour. <laughs> we were talking before we started the recording about being a practitioner and having a relationship with clients and sometimes what they can project onto a practitioner and mm-hmm. the idea that a lot of people have that their practitioner's got everything together. Like they've yeah. got the shit together, they know what they're doing, they're somewhere up here and we're down here. And it, we love to bust that theory and that myth i'm happy to help you bust that thank you yeah so is there anything that you'd like to share about where you are or what you're currently working on so that people know that you know practitioners are also we it's so interesting because you know you might have a day in clinic where you've got several clients who 
they all end up dealing with the same thing. And so that happens and you go, oh, okay, let's have a little check-in with myself here. Oh, yeah, there's some stuff on that for me that I need to work with. I'll just park that there and I'll come back to that. <laughs> I'll just obviously work for the highest good of the clients while I'm in it with them. But, you know, other times, you know, it's not about them mirroring or reflecting or connecting with what you're processing. It's about something you've just been through or something, you know, you, you went through 10 or so years ago that you just know, you just sort of know the, the energy of it, the feel of it. And even just having that empathy or being able to relate to them with that knowing, uh, that's already starting the healing process for them, isn't it? And it continues the healing process for you. Even if you feel like you've done and dusted that issue, you know, having that beautiful opportunity with someone, the privilege of them opening themselves up and sharing that with you, yeah, it always adds something to myself and my healing. And I guess one of the big shifts I went through when I first started that helped me transition from being protocol-based and trying to get it right and, you know, putting on all this effort and working really hard into letting it flow is this idea that my life is for me and it's not selfish. And being becoming a mother was also a big, um, an important part of, you know, coming to this um, understanding that it's okay for it to be healing for you even though you are the practitioner and you're helping to facilitate this person's healing it needs to be your joy and what you love and for you in some way it's not about draining the bucket from the holes in the bottom and draining all of your energy and giving it to someone else it's about you overflowing so that there is enough left over for those other people to share in and I know that's a pretty common metaphor that a lot of people in the healing world use. But that was a really important shift for me. I remember my wonderful intuitive healer friend of mine who I got to meet very early in my clinic career and she was starting out as well. And so we've been on this amazing journey together in parallel, even though our lives are completely different. Um, it was through her work with me that I was able to, even though I had all this resistance to letting it be about me, what do you mean it can't be about me? It has to be about them. I tried so hard to push it away and she just with her loving, gentle certainty helped me to keep coming back to, no, 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 this is for you. This is about you. You are worthy of that. You know, it's okay that this is for you first. And through you really getting that, you'll be able to share so much more with other people who need to get to that as well, who think that, you know, we need to look after others first. We need to prioritize other people's needs first. All of that stuff is so prevalent, especially with the mums that I work with, not even just mums, you know, Women, though, generally tend to have a lot more of that going on. So it's actually good for people to know that coming to you and working on their issue, you might have that running too. You're very human in that area too. And That's you right. might be actually dealing with that exact same problem at that time. Mm. So you and might I, be I, I, parallel I rather I, than preaching from up here. That's right. I'm, yeah. not, I'm not on a soapbox. I, I don't, I don't yeah. need to have the answers all the time. The whole point of the way that I like to work is that we are connecting with each other. We are creating a circuit with each other. We are on the same level here. We are sharing our information and our energy in order to navigate through whatever information we need. I mean, that said, of course, it is about the client and it is about their healing. That That's the intention and the focus. Um, and the healing that I gain or get from it is kind of in the background, I suppose. There's no coming to me for the ultimate answer because it's already in you. I just help move some of the crap out of the way so that you can see it. <laughs> I, I relate to that a lot. I feel like when I'm working with people, my focus is on them and my attention is on them. But the healing that happens for me is often just as profound as what they're receiving. 
And I feel like, to be honest, my healing work has made me feel the happiest and the most fulfilled out of anything in my whole life. And I used to be such a seeker. I was always looking for something. And now that I finally feel like I'm doing what I'm meant to be doing in the world, I'm not looking for anything anymore. Mm -hmm. And my work with people gives me that. So I'm like so deeply thankful from the bottom of my soul for that. Yes. But my focus in the moment is on them. That's right. And it but just kind of happens. You get from it's it. It's like the best. beyond and anything yeah. you could ever have imagined. Exactly. That's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel too. How far? Same. <laughs> <laughs> That's oh, beautiful. We're so human. Yeah. So normally, this feels like the end. Does that feel mm -hmm. like the end? So normally, we do like a little roundup of what we all got from the oh, conversation. So, yeah. do you want to go, Cara? Okay. Oh, you don't have to go first. Oh, that's <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> actually, I thought oh, it feels okay. like it's ending. I should start thinking about what I'm oh, going to say. <laughs> um, yeah, I really like that point we touched on about living the full spectrum of life. So the good and the bad. And the acceptance that comes with that, with sort of riding the wave. Um, so I really like that. And also just what we were just talking about, mm. how the work itself can be so fulfilling and so rewarding. And it's like you're working with a full bucket and your bucket is more than full. It's just yeah. overflowing and it's still overflowing by the end of it, of the session. And yeah, I just really love that. That's the biggest thing I got from it too, actually, just that, that little bit at the end. Mm. Um, like I really, really connected what you were, with what you were saying. And I don't know that I – I was aware of it, but I don't know that I'd stop to consciously think about it in that really clear way. Mm. So I'm grateful for that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think it was really great to kind of break down – what kinesiology is because in essence it is intuitive energy work like from what well, for practitioners like you it really is yeah, yeah. and There's you're using no these tools, you're using these tools years, but really <laughs> when people are coming that's what they're getting they're getting the fullness of your intuition and your all the tools being pulled together in this really beautiful way but mm. it is you know it's, it's energy work and it's, it yeah. really is you're right yeah. and that's lovely that's a lovely point to make and yeah that feels really good in my heart because that feels like the truth Mm. And I know that, you know, as part of the unfolding of myself and my career as a practitioner, it's about coming back to that truth in, you know, refining it more and more and more and more, the truth of who I am in the way that I work, really. Mm. And, uh, yeah, there's no denying it and there's no proving it either. But the intuitive work and the energy work aspect is something that I am working more and more on just embracing and allowing. And that's where that's where you have the amazing moments with people and the amazing sessions that come from letting yourself open up to that. And I love, I think we all resonate with this, is that because we all try to do the same thing, well, we all do mm. work in the same realm of empowerment and giving the responsibility over to that person and always, always the most important thing in that session is not what you tell them but what they actually come to within themselves absolutely so yeah i was like right there with you through all that I was like, yes yes yes, yes. <laughs> the responses that you get from clients and that's where my fulfillment soars with that feeling of fulfillment and yes i'm in the right place and yes this has all come together and i feel balanced and everything is those moments where the people either on the table with you in the session just go oh it's that oh my god okay i see it i grab it i feel it now or when they email you 12 hours later at 2 in the morning. Not that you're reading <laughs> <laughs> my emails at 2 in the morning, but, you know, sometimes you, you wake up the next day and, and you've got this beautiful email of someone just going, oh, my God, you know this, it was blah, 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 and then I realised this and that and that and that and that. And all those insights that just flood them after a session is just... The best. The best. Mm. Yeah. 
Okay, so for all the people that fell in love with you over the airways, <laughs> if they were looking for you, if they wanted to get in touch with you and your work, where could they find you? Well, my website is ekinesi.com, so E-K-I-N-E-S-I.com. That's probably the best way. My email address and phone number, of course, is on there. I work at Lotus, beautiful Lotus, which is how I met the lovely Cara uh, in Mount Eliza, and I've got a home clinic as well. I teach the Tai Chi at, um, at Peninsula Kung Fu Health and Fitness on Monday nights, so anyone who wants to come along, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> she said anyone who wants to come along looking at Amy. <laughs> and I was like, wait, wait, that sounds pretty good. Get onto the uh, qigong as well. Start doing some qigong Ooh. classes. So Mutual inspiration. Yeah. I love it. Yeah, I'd love to do some of those. Um, so yes, please contact me. Reach out. I'm here. Love it. Thank you so much for yeah. joining us Thank and being you. so open Thank you. and authentic I'm and real. Really, so delighted that you invited me. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's been really great. I'm, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Like talking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. Well, talking. All the things. All the things. All the things. All right. Well, thanks everyone for listening. And um, see you next time. Yeah. Bye. This podcast was brought to you by Amy at wildsoulhealing.com, Kara at shiningwellness.com.au, and Mita at ishvari.com.au. And that's Ishvari, I-S-H-V-A-R-I. If you'd like to work with any of us, we're available for consultation in person or online. You can find us at everythingspiritualpodcast.com. We'd love you to join our community. We're on Facebook as the Everything Spiritual Podcast Facebook group, or you can follow us on Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. So if you have any questions, topics or feedbacks or anybody that you want interviewed, feel free to let us know. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.